Welcome, and thank you for joining us on the Harvest Lakeshore podcast. Harvest Lakeshore is a redeemed family who loves God and loves others. For more info about us, visit harvestlakeshore.org. Psalm 73, verses 1 through 3 and 16 through 24. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled, my steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And uh, verse 16. But when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Until I was into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. Truly, you set them up on slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors. Like a dream when one awakes. O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was like a beast toward you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward, you'll receive me to glory. This is the reading of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Tiffany. Appreciate uh, sharing the word with us today. Thanks, Wes, and uh, the worship team. Uh, appreciate your, your ministry to us also today. We're not going to be talking about our identity statement this morning. Uh, we're going to shift gears just a little bit. That'll be for another Sunday. Going to shift gears just a little bit this morning, and as Wes mentioned a moment ago, and Tiffany just read, we're going to be spending our time this morning looking at one of the Psalms, Uh, not one written by David, this one actually written by a a man by the name of Asaph. So today we're going to spend our time looking at Psalm 73. But before we actually get into looking at that Psalm, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Here's the first question. Have you ever felt betrayed by God? I mean, just kind of think about that for a moment, all right? Not going to ask you to share that today, but have you ever felt betrayed by God? Or maybe we could phrase it this way, ever feel that you got a raw deal? Ever feel that you just got, you just got, you just got a raw deal? Ever seriously question if you want to continue in a relationship with a God who seems at times to reward sacrifice and reward commitment with injustice and hurt and pain. Maybe you've experienced the pain of a mate or a loved one walking out on you. Maybe you've experienced the pain of betrayal by a business partner. Perhaps you know the injustice of giving the best years of your life to your kids, only to see them walk out on you as they get older, indifferent and ungrateful. Perhaps you know what it's like to work harder to work better, to work longer in your job or at school, and then watch other people get the praise. Other people get all of the accolades and the promotions. Maybe you've struggled to explain to your son or daughter why they sit on the bench when they're twice as good as the coach's kid, and that kid plays all the time. But you know, it's more than just about losing a mate or a loved one. It's more than just about losing a promotion. It's more than just about losing a grown child's respect and gratitude or an opportunity to play. It's really about injustice. It's really about the character of of God and whether or not he's trustworthy, whether he deserves our sacrifice and commitment, 
when it seems like we, we don't get that in return? Ever feel as if God wasn't keeping up his end of the relationship? Ever feel as if he wasn't keeping up his end of the bargain? Ever feel like shouting, God, this isn't fair? Well, if you've ever felt that way, then I think you can relate to what Asaph writes about in Psalm 73. Let's look at some of the verses from that psalm as we begin. Let's start in verse 1. Asaph says, Truly God is good for Israel and to those who are pure in heart, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out from their fatness, and their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. Loftily, they threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongues strut through the whole earth. Then look at verse 12. Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean. All in vain have I washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been stricken and rebuked every single morning. And then verse 16. But when I thought how to understand all this, it seemed to me a wearisome task. Well, folks, if you've ever gotten a raw deal, then I think you can relate. I think we can relate to what Asaph is saying. It seems like the wicked mock God with their lives, and yet they seem to be getting away with it. And sometimes not only do they seem to be getting away with it, they actually seem to be getting ahead. And here you are, here you are, trying to do what God says is right. But all you experience in return are struggles and problems, injustice and pain, a raw deal. You choose to obey God's will for your life in exchange for it, it's just injustice. It's just a raw deal. Look at verse 21 and 22, Asaph writes, when my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish, I was ignorant, I was like a beast towards you. He's talking to God. He's saying, I was like a beast towards you, God. And this, exa this is exactly how we feel when we face injustice. This is exactly how we feel when we're, we're getting a raw deal. We get angry. We get frustrated. We get upset. We're not thinking right. We feel as if we received an overwhelming blow to our faith. And we think to ourselves, well, maybe I should just give up on my faith. Maybe I should just give up on this whole church thing. Maybe I should give up on the body of Christ, give up on following Jesus, just give up on the whole thing. It's not worth it. Well, folks, let me encourage you today. In the rest of Psalm 73, we have a record of Asaph's encounter with God. And we discover that there are some very specific and very healthy actions that God wants us to take in response to those times in our lives when we get a raw deal. But before we actually look at those specific actions, I want us to pause and I want us to answer this question because God wants this to be personal for each of us today. And here's the question. What's the major raw deal in my life? What's the major raw deal in my life? Just kind of think about that for a moment. Who betrayed you? Who gossiped about you? 
Who did you in financially? Who did something unfair to you or deeply hurt you? What's happened to you that seems so wrong that you can't understand how a good God could let it happen? I mean, just think about it for a moment. I recognize that thinking about it can be a very painful thing, but I believe today that the clearer it is in our minds, the more personally, the more directly God through his word can speak to our hearts and transform our lives today. So think about it. What's the major raw deal in my life? And as we're thinking about it, let's pray together. Father, we come before your word today. We come before you today, your presence today. And we recognize that uh, there are times in our lives when we can identify with what Asaph is saying. It's just not fair. It seems so unjust. It's just not right. I'm getting a raw deal. It's not the way it should be. And Lord, we come to you today, and I realize there are some folks today that are in the, that are in the, the quagmire of that right now. There are others, Lord, that have been living in that for a long, long time. So, Father, we need to meet you in your word today. We're thankful that your Holy Spirit inspired your word. We thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit illumines our minds and our hearts to understand your word. We thank you that through the power of your word, our hearts can be transformed, our minds can be transformed, our lives can be transformed. And so, Father, we, we, we cry out today. We want to meet you through your word today. We want to encounter you today as we think about and consider not only the raw deal that Ace have faced, but the raw deals that we face in our lives as well. So, Father, we thank you in advance for what you're going to accomplish through the power of your word in our lives today. In Christ's name, amen. What I want to share with you this morning are four life lessons Four life lessons drawn from Psalm 73, lessons that should be particularly helpful in dealing with life's raw deals, in dealing with those times when we experience great pains. So here's life lesson number one. I need to pour out my heart to God. I need to pour out my heart to God. When I'm confronted with a raw deal, when I'm going through just an experience in life that just seems so, so unjust and so wrong and so unfair, I need to pour out my heart to God. There are times when God's truth and our experience don't mesh. On the one hand, we know the truth that God is good and God is sovereign, but on the, on the other hand, we recognize that, that my life just stinks right now, and I'm not quite sure how to make that mesh. I'm not quite sure how to make that go together. Well, that's what happened to Asaph, and my guess is that it's happened to many of us so what did Asaph do? What was the very first thing that Asaph did? The first thing he did was pour out his heart to God. In the middle of his journey, Asaph had kind of lost his way. Here's how he describes it in verse 2. He says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. He's saying, I'm going down. It's just a slippery slope, and I'm just caving in. It's just falling apart. He's saying, that's, that's just where I am right now. And you say, why, Asaph? Why do you feel that way? He tells us in verse 3. He says, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Why do they get all the good and I'm getting all the bad when I'm trying to follow the Lord? And you say, well, Asaph explained it to us in more detail. And so he does in verses 4 to 12. He says, for they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. 
They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. They loftily threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongues struts through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease, and they increase in riches. And then he carries his complaint even further in verse 13. He says, all in vain have I kept my heart clean. All in vain have I washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long, I have been stricken and rebuked every single morning. I mean, Asaph is saying, what has obedience gotten me? What has following God gotten me? They don't obey you, and their life is easy. I obey, and my life is hard. Here's how Asaph describes himself in, in the midst of his struggle. Look at verse 21. He says, my soul was embittered. I was pricked in heart. I was brutish. I was ignorant. I was like a beast towards you. Wow. I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like pouring your heart out to God, doesn't it? I don't think you get much clearer, much blunter, not good English, much more blunt, uh, much more direct than Asaph gets. And it's easy for us to look at Asaph and listen to these words and say, Asaph, just, just hold on a minute, right? Why don't you just back off here a little bit? Isn't it, you're coming, I think you're coming across a little too strong. But before we get too hard on Asaph, let's remember Job. Job did much the same thing and God said this about Job. He said, Job was the most righteous man on earth. Wow. You know the story of Job. He lost his possessions. He lost his kids. He lost his health. He lost his marriage. For the most part, he lost his friends. And even, though, even the friends that stuck with him weren't, weren't very friendly. They weren't much help. And in, and in chapters 29, 30, and 31 of the book that bears his name, he wrestles with the raw deals that he'd received, and he struggled with how to manage the tension of holding on to God's goodness and sovereignty while dealing with the tragic difficulties of his, that he was experiencing. In verse, chapters 29, 30, and 31 of Job, he just pours it out to God, and God says about Job, he's the most righteous man on earth. What does that say to you and me? It says that it's okay when we're going through really difficult moments in our life, times in our life, experiences in our life, it's okay to be raw with God. It's okay to be honest with God. It's okay to pour out our heart to God. So go ahead. Let's allow ourselves to honestly pour out our heart to God about the raw deal or the raw deals that we're that we've received or are receiving. Let's lay it all on the table. Let's tell him exactly what we're thinking. Argue our points with him. Uh, you know, argue why, we, why we, we see things the way we do. Folks, this is the first step in experiencing God's compassion. It's the first step in healing from the hurts and wounds that we receive. Just pour it out to God. Make it as raw as Asaph. Make it as raw as Job. God can handle it. In fact, I think if he says that Job was the most righteous man on the earth and Job did that, not only can he handle it, I think he wants it. He wants to hear from his children. He wants to hear about our hurts. Here's life lesson number two. I should consider my choices carefully. I need to consider my choices 
carefully. Look at verse 12. Asa says, behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain, I have kept my heart clean. All in vain, I have washed my hands in innocence. For all day long, I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. And if I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. So Asaph kind of has a bit of a spiritual aha moment here, right? Asaph stopped and carefully considered the impact his choices would have on others. On the one hand, it was perfectly fine and good and legitimate to pour out his heart to God and express his complaint to God and his, the injustice he was experiencing, seeing it was good to share all that with God. But what about the choices that he was about to make? Folks, this was a strategic moment in his thinking, and it marked a turning point in his life. He realized that if he wasn't careful, his choices, his decisions, his actions might actually weaken other people's faith, and he didn't want that. He didn't want that. Folks, you and I need to realize that some of our most important decisions come when we choose how to respond to the raw deals we receive. I implore each one of us that as we go through these raw deals and as we face these things in our lives to include this life lesson before God carefully consider all the possible implications of the actions that are going through our minds before we actually take those actions. Considering the effect of our choices and how they might affect the lives of others can actually hold us back, can actually deter us from doing anything rash that later on we will, that we will regret. Perhaps we've dropped out on our faith. Perhaps we've dropped out on a relationship. It may have felt satisfying at the time, but since we took that action, it's produced a lot of regret. It's produced a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of heartache in our own life and maybe in the lives of others. Well, God's word to us today is this, that it's never too late to take a better course of action. It's never too late to reconsider our choices and our actions. It's never too late to consider those actions and make right decisions because when we're going through a really hard time and we feel like we're facing a raw deal, I need to, you need to, we need to consider our choices carefully. Doesn't mean we can't pour out our heart to God. Doesn't mean he's not able to handle it. But when it comes to decisions that we make and choices that we make and the actions that we take, we need to consider them very, very carefully. Here's life lesson number three. I must see the big picture. I must see the big picture. The psalmist Asaph teaches us that we need to get a larger perspective on our situation. Look at verse 16. Asaph writes, but when I thought how to understand this, It seemed to be a wearisome task until, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. Truly, you set them in in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors, like a dream when one awakes. Oh, Lord, when you aroused it, when you roused yourself, you despise them as phantoms. Folks, you and I need to recognize that in the temporal scheme of things, the wicked do seem to prosper. And many times the righteous do seem to suffer. We do face raw deals. We do face things that seem and often are very unjust. Their way seems to be easy, while those who seek to live righteous lives by God's standards often seem to have it rough. But Asaph is able to get the big picture 
He's able to get the big picture when he looked at the situation, not simply through the temporal lens or through the immediate lens, but looked at the big picture from the, through the eternal lens, from the eternal perspective. And folks, getting the big picture will help us to weather, will help us to process, will help us to walk through the raw deals. We need to understand that. They'll help us handle the lost relationship, the lost money, the gossip, the betrayal, the painful disappointments that come our way in this fallen world. Getting the big picture will help us endure the raw deal without destroying our lives and turning us into bitter and vengeful people. Part of that is, part of that is learning how God used raw deals for good in the lives of others. I find it interesting that a good chunk of the Bible is just that. God sharing with us the true life stories of individuals, men and women, that were seeking to follow him and yet faced all kinds of pain, all kinds of injustice, all kinds of raw deals, all kinds of difficulties, and we see the end of the story. We see the bigger picture in their lives, and we say, like, look at what God did. Look at how amazing God was. And it's same with you and same with me. I mean, just think for a moment of the story of Joseph, right? Uh, Joseph is a, a perfect example of this. I mean, over and over, Joseph did what was right, and yet he experienced just a whole series of injustices, right? A whole series of raw deals that he faced. But as the story unfolds, we see that God had a plan, that he was working that plan out all along, that he actually allowed bad things to happen for a time in order to fulfill a bigger plan and to preserve the entire nation of Israel. I mean, think about it. If it wasn't for the raw deals that Joseph faced and that he went through, he wouldn't have found himself in Egypt and eventually in the position that he was in Egypt. And then when his father's family came down, they were 70. And 400 years later, when they left Egypt, they were a nation of one to two million people. That's the eternal perspective. That's the big picture. Did Joseph see all of that in the moment? He didn't see it, but yet he was able to, to trust. He was able to, to wait. He was able to, 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 to think about the bigger picture, the bigger picture. Or think about Paul and Silas. You know the story when they went to Philippi. They're preaching the word and they're unjustly arrested, in unjustly imprisoned, unjustly beaten, and they're in prison that night, and, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, their hands, their legs are in shackles. There's guards on duty, and, you know, they're thinking, man, we, we've got some choices to make here. We could whine and complain, and, and we could just, you know, just, you know, get angry and vengeful and bitter at God and everything. Instead, what did they do in the jail? What did they do? They sang. They sang worship songs. Perhaps not the same ones we sang this morning, but I bet they were along the same lines, the same themes. And then they had this quirky earthquake, which they didn't know was coming, right? And it was an odd earthquake because, you know, earthquakes, when they come, usually everything is demolished. But with this earthquake, it just simply opened the doors of the prison cells. It simply broke open the, the shackles that were around them. And you know, the end of the story, the big picture was what? The jailer in Philippi and his family came to know Christ that day. Now, I'm not saying it was easy to be arrested. I'm not saying it was nice to be beaten. I'm not saying it was easy to, to be stuck in that, that jail that night. But that was the, the temporal. The big picture was, here's a family that needs to come to faith in Christ. And if I don't put you in the jail, it's not going to happen. And I don't want to blame God for evil or put evil on him. 
But it's the amazing thing is how God uses that to accomplish stunning and amazing things. And God will use our raw deal to build our character, to change our life, to change the life of others, to give us a testimony and to fulfill a greater purpose. But we need to hang in there trusting in God to bring about that good and God-glorifying end. And I'm not saying that flippantly. I'm not saying just, you know, buck up. You know, these are hard things to go through, but these are true things that Asaph experienced and that we experience. And then we come to life lesson number four, and that is that I will reaffirm my relationship with God. I mean, let's be honest. We go through a raw deal and injustice. It's, it's, it's hard to be close to God in those situations. It's, 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 it's just hard. It's hard to have our quiet time, right? Hard to go to a God and read his word and talk to him when, when, when things are just not good at all. And that's why it's so important as we work through that and walk through that to reaffirm my relationship with God. Look at verse 25. In fact, we're going to put these final four verses up on the screen. And you can just follow along. We'll try to just capture a little bit of, of the heart of Asaph. Beginning in verse 25, he says this, Whom have I in heaven but you? He goes, I, I don't, at the end of the day, I don't have, any, I don't have anywhere to turn. He said, there, there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you, God. My flesh, my heart may fail, but God is, my, is the strength of my heart. God is my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But, but, for me, it is good no matter what to be near to God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. Folks, when Asaph begins to see present injustices in light of eternal realities, his heart begins to change. And in the end, he comes around to the point where he reaffirms his relationship with God so that by the end of Psalm 73, Asaph is no longer fuming about getting a raw deal. No, he realizes that the sovereign Lord who reigns from heaven has everything under control. The wicked will pay for their wrongdoing, and God will ultimately work everything out for our eternal good and for his eternal everlasting glory. That's our God. We sang about him being holy, right? Holy is something to do with the morality of God, but it has more to do with the otherness of God. And God is one and only, right? And only God can do this kind of stuff. Only God can do this kind of stuff. Only God can do it. So God wants to do this same thing in our heart that he was doing in the heart of Asaph. God wants to do the same thing with each of us. He wants to take the worst things that come our way and use them for our eternal good, for his eternal glory. So don't give up. Don't give in. Don't walk out. No. What do we do? We pour out our hearts to God. We pour it out honestly. We pour it out cleanly. We consider carefully the choices that we're making. We look to see the big picture. We look to scripture to see the big picture in the lives of others. And then in the end, we reaffirm that God, that even though our heart may fail, God is the strength of my heart. God is my portion forever. For me, it is good to be near to God. I am making the Lord God my refuge because in the end, I want to be able to tell of his mighty works in my life. I want to be able to share those with others.
Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the story of Asaph, the lesson from Asaph, this this song from Asaph recorded for us in Psalm 73. We thank you, Lord, that here was a a man that struggled and wasn't afraid to to put it out there. And we thank you that in your infinite wisdom, you, you recorded it and put it in your word so that we could read it and look at it. And Father, I don't know the hearts, I don't know the hurts of everybody here today, but Father, I know that in this fallen world and as fallen people, Lord, we, we experience all kinds of hurt and pain. We are sometimes the, the recipients of injustice and raw deals. It can be in our families, it can be in our work, it can be at school, it can be in just our health, it can be in 101 different ways, Lord. So help us to look at Asaph this morning and find a friend find somebody that we can identify with and relate to and to take the lessons that he learned be thankful for them and seek as we move forward through the raw deals of our life to learn those lessons and to make you our portion to want to be near to you no matter what and then as time moves forward and as we begin to see you at work we'll be able to tell we'll be able to tell others tell the people around us of your great works, for your glory, for our good. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Harvest Lakeshore podcast. If you have found this content helpful, consider sharing the episode with friends or leave us a rating and review. For more info about us, visit harvestlakeshore.org. You are loved.